0: Hey, love tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14 day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So, whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up, or you're a newly coupled and and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other. The 14-day happy couple challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at IDOPodcast.com/slash 14. With our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-day challenge will help you break the old habits and build new. Engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-day happy couple challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to IDupodcast.com/slash 14. That's IDupodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So
1: Love Tribe, what's going on?
0: Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Chase and Sarah here.
0: Yeah, and if this is the first time you've listened to the show, welcome. And if you've listened before, welcome back.
1: Yeah, and today we have a great show. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, the first time we covered this topic, and it's an important one, and that is being authentic. And really, and we talk about gender roles and identity, but really talk about becoming your authentic self. And that's going to improve the intimacy in your relationship. If you're in a relationship or if you're single, it's going to help you find the right person that's going to love you for who you are. And it's easy to say, yeah, be authentic, just be your true self. But it's a thing that is constantly uh, something we need to work on. And some of us have never really looked inwards and or just very little, and it's just a never-ending process. And I talk about my newest kick uh, in the show of ecstatic <laughs> dance. I won't go on because I do it plenty during the show, but <laughs> I'm really excited about it, and I suggest you check it out. You'll hear me talk about it in the show with Ken Page, and Ken is our guest, and he is a licensed psychotherapist and popular Psychology Today blogger and author of the bestseller, Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. And he has a new podcast that uh, will be coming out in November, the Deeper Dating Podcast. And Ken uh, was just great guest and gave us a lot of valuable ways to explore our authentic self, to share it with our partner and uh, just enjoy and in, in participate in that journey.
0: Yeah. And he gave us a lot of great exercises and links. So as always, those will be on the show notes page on our website at idpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and we hope you enjoy today's episode. That's com slash unlock. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
2: Hi, Sarah and Chase. I am honored and delighted to be here.
1: Ken, we've given our listeners a little bit of information on your professional background, and we'd like to start by having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships?
2: Oh, yes. Well, that's, you know, I would say that intimacy has been the big subject of my life for two reasons. One, because I have cared about it so much. And two, because I haven't been so good at it. And I've had to do a lot of work and a lot of learning. And I guess three is that I'm a psychotherapist and a coach, um, as well as a podcast host and a writer. So, you know, it's just an area that really matters to me. And for me... I spent decades being single, what I called chronically single, and really wanting to be in a relationship and just not finding the ability to do that. And so I had to go on a really big journey of growth. And I know what it's like for people to want love and not be able to find it. And I also know what it's like for people to be in a relationship where there has been love or there still is love, but they feel like something is missing and they want a richer, deeper, more authentic connection. So um, I've been in all those places and uh, I work with people. In all those places, because I just think that at the end of the day, it really is our relationships that matter the most, including our relationship with ourselves. So that's why this has been such an exciting kind of area of interest for me and, um, and why I've begun a podcast that also just specializes in the search for love for people who want to uh, kind of approach that in a deeper, wiser, more research-backed way. Oh, and I will say one other thing, too, which is I'm a gay man. And so as a gay man, particularly around what we're going to be talking about today, the whole issue of gender roles and intimacy is one that uh, has been a really important part of my life.
1: Relationships are really, as you said, the most important things in our life with others and with ourselves. And you kind of let us in there and we're very interested to talk about today's subject and that is gender roles and the stereotypes and how they affect our relationships. So why don't we start with how we might not even realize that this is going on and and then I'd love to dissect the sense of self and authenticity and there's a lot to unpack here. So maybe we can start with how the gender role stereotypes can negatively affect you if you're single or if you're already in a relationship.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to talk about. And I just want to say kind of like, I just want to kind of zoom out to uh, a very um, like high level view of the situation in our culture. And that is that we're kind of in between two worlds now. Um, We come from a history of very, very rigid gender roles. Men cannot wear pink. Men cannot be vulnerable. Men cannot share feelings. Women cannot be powerful. Uh, Women cannot be assertive. Um, And all of the millions of beliefs that kept us safe and profoundly limited for so long, Uh, not to mention oppressed, Um, both women and men, And now we're in the middle of change and there's this message that's coming out, which is you can be who you are. You can be a man and be deeply in touch with your vulnerable feelings. You can be a woman and be very, very empowered and successful. These are all very exciting messages, but we're in between worlds and that's a hard place to be. So guys get this message of, yeah, you need to be sensitive. You need to be vulnerable. Um, that's the only way you're going to be successful in a relationship, but don't be too vulnerable because then you'll be a wimp. You won't be an alpha male anymore. And then forget it. If you want to have anybody be attracted to you and women, yes, be powerful, be strong at work but not too intense and not too powerful. And when you come home or when you go on your date, you need to get back in touch with your femininity. So the message is like this. It's like the message to Columbus in a way. It was like, go out and explore the new world, but don't go too far because you might fall off the end of the earth. So we get these really mixed messages that just make it so hard to figure out what to do. It's like we have to hold our breath. and yet breathe naturally and it just doesn't work i
1: love the analogy and yeah we certainly don't want to fall off the end of the world but
2: <laughs> right it no, is we don't.
1: <laughs> worth exploring and then we all know that the world is not flat it is round <laughs> so we'll be okay yeah to go with that right but i i think this is it is such an important topic and i like the pulled out view and definitely want to get more specific but when i read your article on on the gender roles, stereotypes, and how it's crippling our love lives. I immediately thought of not just gender roles, but just because within that is our sense of self, and it's like who we are. And you touched on it, but culture is shaping that. Culture says you need to be a masculine man, but not a man, and but you need to be vulnerable, and that's that's all our culture. And and with. The information available with podcasts articles, like you said, that shift is is occurring, and it's a beautiful thing and I know just personally i've been able to explore i don't think I ever got wrapped up necessarily in gender roles too much that I was aware of because certainly there's subconscious things just from being raised and and that you know man's supposed to be this way, but there's a, there's degrees, and so what I'm getting at is I just love. To be able to examine the gender roles, but then you can even go deeper in, in examining who you are and, and what your likes and dislikes are and really trying to, to, to explore that, that inner space. So we talk about exploring outer space and, and definitely in the, in the physical world, but then inside ourselves. And I've, I've just been on. A bit of a trip lately trying to do that. Last, last week, uh, Sarah and our daughter went out of town for basically 48 hours. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go and I wanted to do, uh, ecstatic dance. And, and <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that. And then I wanted to do, uh, float tank. And both of them are ways like personal exploration and we can dive into that. But it was just, it it was great. And it kind of opened up this side of me that I knew was there, but I wanted to explore. And uh, I can go on, but I just, can you talk a little bit about just the the greater exploration of the self within these, uh, gender roles and, and society?
2: Oh, that was, (laughs) that's great. That was so, so, um, so beautifully stated. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. And, um, Something that I want to say, and this is in my role as a psychotherapist that this mostly comes out of, and it connects to what you said, Chase, is that there's a tremendous reward for doing this work of breaking out of what I call the electrified tripwires of gender taboo, invisible electrified tripwires of gender taboo, because, you know, you don't know sometimes until you cross over it that you start feeling really weird or like you're breaking a rule or something like that. Other times, you know it clearly. But what I have found is this. That all of us embody the whole spectrum of what 's called masculine and feminine energy, and the researchers actually speak about it differently because they they try not link it to link it directly to gender. What they talk about is instrumentality and expressiveness. So instrumentality is kind of um, directness, leadership, bluntness, empowerment, success things like that, and expressive is qualities of collaboration and tenderness and vulnerability and receptivity, and um, the research just shows really fascinating things. It shows that couples who can go into spaces where they have similarity in their gender roles are more happily married, and that relationships where, uh, heterosexual relationships where the men are very, very stereotypically masculine, and the women are stereotypically very feminine. Those couples feel less understanding, less love, and less contentment. And it's the couples with non traditional gender roles who actually, interestingly, seem to have the more satisfying sex lives. So the thing about that, and the thing that I've discovered, is that when we get brave enough. To step out past those electrified tripwires of what we think we're supposed to be, and we value whatever we're feeling authentically more than our gender roles. Whatever it is that scares you to be, but you're feeling at the moment, when you let yourself feel it and embody it, something big happens inside. There's a sense of joy, there's a sense of empowerment, there's a sense of completeness, and all of a sudden there's more availability for intimacy. It's kind of amazing how true that is. And um, so, you know, Chase, you, you just did a few different things that were outside of gender role, and they were joyful to you. And when we press down, when we suppress our authenticity in a relationship and in our lives, whether it's about gender role or anything else, it's not just an act of suppression. It's actually an act of quiet violence against ourselves. And violence always begets violence. And when we do that to ourselves, we always end up in situations that end up hurting us or hurting other people. So it's a gift to ourselves and it's a gift to our loved ones for us to practice little by little gender role freedom as opposed to gender role rigidity.
0: So as a psychotherapist in today's world, how do we go about, I know we are changing as a society, but I see that there's still these super high expectations from both genders to kind of really still follow those gender roles. So how do we go about, or I guess, how would you tell our listeners to make that change in their relationship or how to talk about those changes in the relationship with their partner so that they can feel comfortable being authentic with themselves?
2: Oh, I love that question. That's, that's you know, um, that's, that's really important and really nitty gritty. And I, I really do hope to give your listeners some good tools in this time that we have. Because, you know, what's happening is like So many relationships are just being hamstrung by this, what I call, it's a modern brand of stealth sexism. So I'm going to speak in a few different levels here. First, I'm just going to talk to men and I'm going to talk to women. And I'm going to talk to people who are transgender too, who interestingly, amazingly, in some ways, really are leading the cutting edge around this new understanding of gender freedom, uh and gender fluidity that we have um so so one thing i want to say is i want to i want to first speak to women and i want to say that uh something i've experienced as a therapist and as a friend and as a coach is so many women who are powerful and embodied and accomplished and creative and bold and brave um doing great stuff in the world who feel Scared to show those qualities in their relationship. Literally feel like I can't. Yeah, you know, I know. I know someone. I know a woman who um, is in the media and won one of the biggest awards you can get. And she was going on a date, and she did not want to make a really big fuss about this because it's just not feminine. And how is she going to get an alpha male? And so, so you know, I think so many women have this fear. That if they are too empowered, that they're going to lose the guy or lose the woman, um, and 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 you know there's even actually a pretty famous saying taught by you know one of the teachers in the field of romance, which is women leave your fake balls in the office, which kills me because there's just so much wrong with that concept. Um, you know, first of all, equating empowerment with with, um, with maleness and not femaleness, telling women how they have to feel and how they have to behave. And then the third problem is this. It's a really, really smart thing when you leave work to be able to kind of shift down to a more intimate space. But since when did that just become women's responsibility? That's the guy's responsibility too. And that's the gift for both parties. When we can learn to get out of our work head and into our more romantic, sensual, emotional, just being present head, that's not just the women's job. That's the human job. So women, what I want to say to you is all of the information that you have heard about what you're supposed to be like, junk it, just junk it. And I'll give you a great example of this. Uh, Cheryl Richardson, who's a phenomenally successful writer, New York Times bestseller, writes wonderful spiritual self-help books. She's just fantastic. She's hugely successful. And when she met her husband-to-be, one of the first questions she asked him, and I love this, she did the opposite of kind of trying to uh, hide her empowerment. She She said, I just want to ask you what it would be like for you to be in a relationship with someone who is quite kind of profoundly successful. She was really blunt about it. And he said, I love that. And she knew he meant it. And so women, there are guys, women who kind of worry about if you're too much or too powerful, yes, do the work on becoming vulnerable. That is all of our human jobs. But you want a guy who loves that about you, not who can bear it in short doses, who loves that about you. And I promise you that there are men out there who are competent and empowered in their own right who will love that about you. So that's what I want to say to women first. And now, as a guy, I want to talk to the guys, because it breaks my heart to see what men have been taught around this subject. I don't know who has it worse, men or women, in terms of this specific issue, Um, because I have heard so many guys say to me, I have to admit that I will never be an alpha male, and hence, I'm never going to attract the most beautiful women uh, or the most beautiful, exciting men. Um, I'm never going to like have that it that a guy should have. And that's just a shame, but I have to live with it. And I'll never have the success I want or the sex I want or the excitement I want or in in this romantic arena, because I am not an alpha guy. I'm too tender. I'm too shy. I'm too introverted. I'm too vulnerable. And what I want to say to you guys is the same thing that I want to say to the women. I promise you, I give you my absolute word that there are people out there, women or men, who will adore those exact attributes of yours. They are looking for someone like you. That's the thing about gender folks is one size does not fit all. This world is built in an astounding way that some people are attracted to different people than other people, people of all different weights. I I know, I know people who are uh, profoundly obese who are in love with someone who just adores their size. And, um, So, so, you know, the thing about you always have to be thin, that's not true either. The, the, The world is a much richer place and attraction is a much richer thing than we've been taught to believe. So that's what I want to say first is when, and I can say this in a really, really kind of simple way. When it comes down to a choice between gender conformity and authentic expression, go for authentic expression. Even when it's scary, and watch how your world opens up.
1: It's a great point. And I love just drilling down on authenticity. And it's easier said than done because. As, oh, you
2: know it. <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: as we're talking, and culture, and our genes, and the way we're raised, and the environment we're in, and the culture all shape. Who we are, and I think we don't sometimes realize how much culture is shaping our views on everything, and certainly our self identity and gender, and and that's why hopefully people just hearing this. I know when I ex- was exploring these things, and I might be listening to a podcast, and it's a guy who who is breaking those stereotypical roles. You know, Joe Rogan is he's got. Probably, I think it's one of the biggest podcasts in, uh, in the world as far as downloads. And he's a stereotypical on the outside male. He's, he's a, a mixed martial artist. He commentates for the, the UFC. He's a hunter. He's like this big, strong, Guy, and you're like, yeah, he's just a meathead. But if you listen to his podcast, it, he's very much not that. And he's, he's talking about things like this. He's, he's very self-expressive and, and, and vulnerable. And I think that those kind of things help to shape our culture the other way, where now guys like myself and others, and, and the, the opposite is true for women. And I'm sure there's those figures in the gay community and everything that, that can, open up our eyes and i think hopefully people just hearing this are like yeah you know i'm going to explore that but then you have to do that inner work and that's why i mentioned and you've given us some great tools but i think just doing things out of your comfort zone you might not you might like to be the alpha male that might be like more of who you authentically are but i feel like we don't know until we push the boundaries a little and that's why I, I say this ecstatic dance have you ever done ecstatic dance Ken
2: <laughs> I have and I okay. love
1: it yeah. yeah so I'm on this kick because I just did it last weekend Sarah left out <laughs>
0: yeah Sarah needs
2: to do it but if you if to that's our listeners great. good for you. I gotta get back to that it's oh, man. such a wonderful thing. I haven't done it since I became a dad seventeen years ago. Oh, oh wow, so you were
1: early on. Well, since since it's a little bit more fresh for me, I'm gonna just describe it it's it's simply put, it's dancing like no one is watching is, is kind of like the premise. And and there's probably different versions, but there's an aspect of your it's in a group setting. And you're not really, there's certain kind of loose rules, like you're not supposed to talk, you're not supposed to be dancing with other people without permission, and there's like nonverbal cues. But it's for, ours was like an hour and a half, and you chat with people, there's about 20, and then there's a, a a. DJ if you want to call it that and and he's they're playing like pretty upbeat music and there's there's highs and lows and you're just supposed to just like just dance like like our 3-year-old would dance like however it comes naturally and what i really loved about it and we're talking about authenticity so many times we are worried about what other people think of us and it's only natural and i'm guilty of it and and what this exercise does is it just it, you're going to be resistant to it at first like you're you're kind of stiff and you're not wanting to let go but as it as it goes on like you feel more and more free and by the end like I'm spinning around and my arms are going everywhere and 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 it's just this beautiful thing of like exploring your mind and body and and through a physical outlet but it has a mental benefit of of letting you let go, and and when I when I feel that, I feel like you're getting more towards the authentic self and what we're drilling down on. So, um, and there's other means to do this, but I would really encourage. I can't wait to get Sarah out there um, <laughs> trying it. But as an exercise to explore your authentic self, to to try a static dance, and uh, we'll have to link in the show notes to. To some place, uh, uh, resources. But I think there's a lot to be said about doing things like that that are out of our comfort zones to explore our, our, our authentic selves.
0: But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by, and we've told you before, so you should know it by now, the little jingle, JJ Virgin, Seven Day.
0: Stop, drop, swap, and challenge. Oh,
1: I didn't know Sarah was <laughs> going to go for the rap, but uh, <laughs> that's how the jingle goes.
0: So we have done two challenges with you guys. Um, And if you haven't done the challenge with us yet, you need to because the challenge is the, like we said, JJ Virgin's seven day stop, drop and swap challenge. And it is designed to help you stop classic symptoms of food intolerances and drop up to seven pounds in seven days by swapping out. The seven problem foods for healthy, tasty alternatives.
1: If you just want to not have as much gas, don't (laughs) eat dairy. Dairy, what else?
0: Gluten, soy, eggs, peanuts, corn, and sweetener. Those are the seven bad guys.
1: Yeah. And they're going to help you shed some pounds. Maybe if you've got some pounds to shed, decrease headaches, help with skin trouble, fatigue, joint pain, or digestive issues.
0: And if this is the first time you've heard about the JJ Virgin, the seven day challenge, it involves swapping out the problem foods like cow's milk and bread for healthier versions like coconut milk or lettuce wraps. Plus you'll drink two delicious smoothies a day and one traditional meal. And they offer tons of recipes and guides to help you alter the challenge if you're eating vegan or paleo or feeding a family.
1: You can sign up for free anytime by going to jjvirgin.com forward slash I do. Make sure you use that URL so they know that we sent you and gave you the cool little jingle that made you go, I got to sign up. <laughs> and this challenge lasts only seven days. So it's super easy. No excuses. Just try it again. That's jjvirgin.com forward slash I do to sign up for the free challenge.
0: Today's episode is also sponsored by Babbel.
1: Hola, Sarah. ¿Cómo estás?
0: Bien. ¿Usted?
1: Muy bien. Ah, <laughs> you, you have been practicing.
0: I have been, not Every night, but I am getting there and my Spanish is improving and I will be speaking fluent Spanish before we get back to Costa Rica.
1: Yeah, we put you (laughs) on the spot during last week's episode because you haven't been on it as much. I
0: know, I'm slacking. But you're
1: getting there and you're using Babbel, which is the number one selling language learning app in the world. Not only can you learn Spanish, but you can learn French, Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and more.
0: So I've been using the Babbel app to do the lessons, which are about 10 to 15 minutes long. And I found it super helpful to do it right before bed. So it's like in my brain while I'm sleeping, like I'm really learning Spanish. That's my, is that, is that a thing?
1: Probably. And then, you know, (laughs) once you start dreaming in Spanish, that's when you know you really got it.
0: The app is super easy and it's designed to help you speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. So we'll be back in Costa Rica in about... Two weeks, so I should be fluent by then, right?
1: Practice more and you'll get it.
0: (laughs) You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try it for free. com.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Chase, I really want to stick with that because there's there's so many pieces in that, that, that that branch out into such rich understandings. So so just some of the things you said that, that I just want to follow up on. So when you do that kind of dance, when I, I'm going to speak about myself. When I do that kind of dance, I have moments where I hit an electrified tripwire. I'm really aware of it. So I'm dancing, and then I want to do this movement that's really ballet and feels really feminine, and I could feel that, oh, you know, that's going to be really feminine, that's going to be embarrassing. And at that moment, am I going to just say, what the hell, and do it anyway? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. More and more, yes. Um, Sometimes when I dance, I have movements that feel so strong and so grounded and so powerful that they scare me a little bit. The power and the groundedness and the ferocity or solidity or muscularity of those movements kind of also scares me. And I feel another tripwire there. And ultimately, like you're saying, Chase, those tripwires are more than just about gender. They're about the fear of our own tenderness and our own power. And the way that we become better human beings is learning to embrace those parts of ourselves. Of course, you know, our tenderness with self-honoring, not being stepped on, and our power with an awareness that we want to honor and dignify others and not step on them but but you can feel it there, and another place you can feel it that this leads right into is sex and everybody I just encourage you to think when you're with your partner, what kind of things hit that little electrified tripwire where you go that's too dominant for me or that's too submissive for me. Or that's just way too tender. Or that's just way too wild. And, and and we cannot just bust on through that stuff. We're human and it's tender and it's sensitive. But what I have to say to everybody is a little goes a long way. You hit one of those tripwires and you commit to going a drop further, and you will feel the blossoming of your humanity by going one drop further, one drop further than you're used to. And so, so we always have situations like that. The next time you're in a conversation and you notice that you're hitting a kind of place where you're either going to be too, let's say, using these terms, instrumental or expressive, and you feel a little bit of a pullback, practice going there because you are going to become more amazing. And here's the other thing. When you do that, you will be more available for intimacy, romance, sexual heat, and sexual tenderness. So uh, there's a tremendous benefit, and, and dance is such a metaphor for all of that.
0: That's exactly what I was just going to say. Although I haven't done um, a dance class with Chase yet, it seems that it can be so parallel to our real world and and using yeah. the idea of really... Taking yourself out of your comfort zone in this dance class can equal over to real life scenarios and and kind of putting yourself in that situation to get yourself out of your comfort zone in, in real life situations.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I can't wait to hear about what it's like <laughs> when you guys do it together and what that's like. That, that sounds great. And you both might even have, I, I don't know, you might have a little bit of self-consciousness seeing your beloved, seeing you stretching out in certain ways. But that's part of the joy of intimacy. And the research shows that when you do stuff with your partner that scares you a little bit, it's going to intensify the love between the two of you. Yeah, so there's great research on that.
1: Yep, and in trying new things, and I, I'm telling you this, I'm I, it, it's fresh in my mind. So I'm on this kick, but I think <laughs> we're definitely gonna talk about it more on the show. And, and is the and I'm sure there's other things, but the static dance is just it, you mentioned that it, it those trip wires, and that's it's basically taking it's like exercising that muscle, you could schedule it on your calendar. Certainly we want to try to do it in our everyday lives, but if it, you can schedule, okay, there's a static dance, like I'm going to be uncomfortable. I don't care who, I mean, I it'd be hard to envision a person. I'm sure there's some people that would just go into their first one and just be like, yes, and and immediately. But I think most of us carry a certain... Weight in a certain reservations about just letting go, and th- this practice of ecstatic dance is like putting those trip wires everywhere and just inserting you into that situation to feel them. And, and you said, you know, I might want to do like a, a a ballet move, and I totally experienced that. I not necessarily a a ballet move, but just the the feeling that tripwire of like, okay, like I feel I'm getting a little crazy here. I'm spinning and how, how, how must I look to the others? And that's why it's important that it's in a group setting, but then going, okay, you know what, who cares, you know, and, and I'm going to explore this. And it's really, has such profound benefits, um, to do that, whether it's in, in a dance class, like, like I'm talking about, or just in the next conversation you have with your partner of like, uh, you know, I get a little, I get a little squeamish when we talk about sex and, and, and it's a little bit hard, but I think a lot of growth in relationship and within ourselves, come at those tripwires, like, like you're saying, that's where the magic is. And we could just step back and say, Oh, no, no, I'm not going near there. Or we can go and explore that. And I think that's where we make the huge positive gains.
2: I think so, too. I really do. And um To, to, you know, actually what I'd love to do is give listeners right now a little, a little kind of practice, a little reflection that you could do right now. And, um, here's what it is. If everybody could just take a moment to think, what parts of myself am I shy to show? What parts of myself do I feel kind of tender about showing? Now I'm not talking about what experiences in your life that you might want to share or not share. I'm talking about parts of yourself, aspects of your personality. And let me tell you that anything you come up with is going to feel awkward, but it's going to be gold. And in my book, Deeper Dating, that is the central point. That's actually the central point of everything I teach is that those places where we feel the most tender, the most vulnerable, the most passionate, and we feel a little timid about showing them, Those are the places where our deepest gifts lie. And when we embrace them and dignify them, everything changes. And one thing that changes most deeply is our intimacy lives. That's for another conversation, but these qualities that I call our core gifts are so important. The place that it relates to this here is that for each one of you, some of your core gifts lie outside of those tripwires and you want to find what they are. So think about in your relationship, what are the parts of yourself that maybe feel too tender to share, too vulnerable, they seem too sensitive or too out there? And what might be the parts of you that feel maybe too powerful to share? And think about those things and consider the possibility of one drop showing more of that in your relationship. That one drop will be so powerful. But I just, I want to just say one thing about this. I want to step into my psychotherapist role, my therapist hat on, and say, as there are amazing results, there can also be reverberations. So for everyone who's going to try these experiments that we're talking about, um, they could be scary. And that's why I'm saying just go a little drop, and some of us might feel an experience where after we do it, we get really mad at ourselves, or we feel really mortified, or really ashamed, or we just like want to hide somewhere because because of what we done, we've done, or punish ourselves. That's called retribution, and that happens because you've broken past a boundary that somewhere deep inside you've decided I am going to protect my well being and my life. So, I'm not going to step beyond that boundary. So, when you get healthier and you step beyond that boundary, some part of you, some younger part of you, some deep inner part is going to say, What the heck did you just do? Are you crazy? This is horrible. You just embarrassed yourself. No one's going to love you anymore. Or all of these kind of things. So, just folks, if you do this and you get a backlash, you might not, but if you do, don't be surprised. It comes with the territory. It goes away and then you'll have a little bit of more ground to work with. And if it's really difficult, then you might want to speak to a friend, to your therapist, because some part of you told you a long time ago, do not do this.
1: Ken, we love that exercise, and it's important to to be able to do that, to take that pause, to be introspective, even if you even if you don't initially share it with your partner, just taking that. To, to work on for yourself. But I think creating another level of intimacy is, uh, it's going to be a good thing for your relationship. And that is a great way to do it.
0: And, and just to add on that, especially for, for those who are dating, you know, who are single to do these exercises prior to getting into relationships so that they're attracting, um, like you said earlier, the person that will accept them and love them for being authentic.
2: You know it. You know it. Absolutely. And, 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 and that you'll be able to say no to people that shame you for those qualities or uh, don't know how to hold them or don't know how to embrace them. Absolutely. Because that's the thing in dating is like we present this airbrushed package of ourselves that is what we think looks attractive. The problem with that is that is going to attract people who don't love us for who we are. And then we're in trouble. If we get brave enough to dignify our authenticity and only, only, only stay with people that love us for who we are, then we're on the path to finding happy love. And that's just a a pretty important, deep thing. Um, Would it be okay for me to share a personal story about this gender role?
0: uh, Yes, yes, please.
2: Great, great. Um, so, um, I am sixty-two years old, and um, I was single back in the days of AIDS, and I lived through the days of AIDS in a very intense way. Um, you know, the people who I would pray before when the AIDS epidemic started, like two of the people that I prayed the most would not get it. Both got it and, and died of AIDS, and one of them was my best friend, Michael. And, um, so he was really sick and he was pretty close to dying and I wasn't feeling anything. I was just kind of numb, which, you know, is understandable, but it was very troubling to me because I felt like very unloving. I just felt kind of frozen. Like, here's my best friend and my, you know, he was my family in the world. I've never had a friend like him since then. And he was dying and I was numb. I was numb. I, I, of course I cared and I was there for him, but I was kind of numb. So I went to a therapist who was very wise and really wonderful. And, um, he said to me, he said, you don't look numb. You look like you're feeling a lot. And I said, maybe, but I don't feel that way. I feel really numb. And he said, can you tune into a part of yourself deep inside, like way back hidden that is feeling something? And I took a minute and I went inside. And I nodded my head, yes, I could. And he said, tell me what that person inside who's able to feel looks like. And I had, I had to cross a gender wire taboo here. Because the image that I got was of this big, hipped woman who was me and who was able to feel. And that was not what I was picturing and it wasn't what I particularly wanted to be but it was my authenticity. So I said it. And he said to me, can you learn from her? And I allowed myself to feel this inner female who was able to cry and love and care and be part of the ebb and flow of the world and life and death and just be part of nature and part of humanity. And I said, yeah, I can feel her. And then finally the tears came, and I cried so hard and so deep, and I was so relieved because I was finally feeling again. And it was a person inside of me that was feminine, and it was a part that I had never embraced. And you know, the Native Americans, many Native American traditions have a definition of what is sacred. And they say that what is sacred is something that can bear having two feet in two different worlds at the same time. And at that moment, I was closer to being sacred because I was able to be my male self and my female self. And for all of us, it's an act of personal greatness to cross these taboos. And it's a gift to the people we love, just that like my letting myself feel in those last precious months before Michael passed away was a gift to me. And it was a gift to Michael, too. So I just wanted to share that, you know, kind of very personal story.
1: That is a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And. And when I think of that, and and you describe like that sense of relief and of crying, and I think we all carry that to a certain degree. It might not be, I mean, some people might have gone through it, or they, they are just able to naturally be extremely authentic. But I think there's always work to be done there, and you are going to have a better relationship with yourself, with your partner, with your future partner, if you put in that work and, and continue to do that to explore, you know what am I, what am I repressing in there? What is, what am I yeah. afraid to share? Like you, like you gave us that that exercise of uh, maybe because my parents always said big boys don't cry, or maybe because we see in the movies that that men are have to be tough and, and it's only natural that these things shape us, but taking that pause and, and you you might have that, that release, like that experience that you have and, and, and it, I think it never ends. Like we're constantly needing Mm -hmm. to do that work and, and it's worth it and it's hard, but it's going to make your life better.
2: It's so true. It's so true. It is hard and it is scary. And you know what? If you have a partner that embraces and welcomes that those parts of yourself, like my husband, I pretty much know that there's just about nothing I could do or share or share. That that is going to make him like step back or, or close down. He's got room for that. And that's such a gift, which does not mean it's not scary for me still. But um, if you're with someone who can embrace who you are, you've got a tremendous gift. And um, whether you, if you're single or if you're in a relationship where you feel like your spouse cannot yet do that, who in your life can? Because those people are the ones that are going to help you take this step. Or what communities, like, for example, that that dancing community, that's a community that is going to make it easier and normalize that freedom for you. So uh, we all need people in our lives who are going to help us with this step because it's beautiful, but it's scary.
0: Is there anything you would like to add directly for the um, the LBG community? LGBT community and um, the gender issues that they face in, in society today and, and maybe some um, some advice for them specifically that we didn't oh, touch what on a wonderful, before?
2: Oh, what a wonderful question. Thank you so much. And I had mentioned something about that before and, and didn't get to it. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this is what I want to say. Um, John Gottman, who is one of the great researchers on couple dynamics, has been quoted as saying that wherever couples are in this world, wherever heterosexual couples are in this world, gay couples, are about 50 years of evolution ahead of that. That's John Gottman saying that. And what he was speaking about is that in the LGBT community, gender freedom is more normalized. So like a, a male couple in most cases, a female couple in most cases, or a trans couple or one member being trans in a couple or or just anyone single or coupled is going to be much more likely to have a lot more gender freedom because that's kind of who we are as LGBT people. We get more freedom. Guys can be more sensitive, more tender. They can be romantic with another guy, which is like the most like unguyish thing in the world from what we've been taught and and women can embody these this this spectrum more freely because it's a spectrum that we all need to occupy freely. So what i want to say to lgbt folks is that you have a tremendous head you know, head start in this way because it's less hard and less scary for you to break through those boundaries. Um another thing i would say that's kind of um A compliment or an opposite of that, I guess more a compliment than an opposite, is that as LGBTQ people, we have been shamed for that very thing. And so we have a pile of shame that we need to work through. Even if we we might be flamboyant and free and out, each one of us needs to look at how have we paid for being that? And where are we still paying? And where are we still making ourselves pay? Where are we not free to be that? Because in this particular way, of course not in ways, but in this particular way, we're kind of holding the baton for humanity in terms of like the potential of having gender identities, sexual orientation, sex roles, gender roles to be more freed up and more liquid. So there's a gift and there's also a challenge with this. And uh, just, you know, encouraging everyone on the whole spectrum of humanity that our task is the same. And that task is to step into the river of our authenticity and to do it with kindness and generosity toward ourselves and others. And that's the grand message of intimacy for all of us
1: that is such a beautiful metaphor and you know we could do a whole other podcast just talking about gender identity in the LGBT community um sure
2: i'd love to <laughs> i know i mean
1: but why do you think i think uh, you know partly uh, the fact that that community is is more accepting within themselves of uh authenticity but what is what do you think is the driver of that ability within that community to to be more authentic from the get go? It seems, uh, and I know that might not be boiled down to simple thing, but I think that's a interesting area to explore.
2: It is a very interesting area, and 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 I would say that you know, well, um, what's really interesting. Um, uh, Maladoma Sommet, who is a very brilliant um, lecturer and uh, workshop leader in the men's movement, has um, a really amazing story. He was, um, he was next in line to become a medicine man in his, in his lineage in Africa, in Burkina Faso. And um, he was abducted by Christian missionaries, put in a Christian school until he was like 13, when he got into a fight and broke out, and then walked some vast amount of territory back to his village and said, I want to come back and I want to continue in my training. And they said, you can't because you have one foot in each world. Now, But you can go out and teach this. So he does really big uh, events. And at the culmination of these events, he's using the, um, the tribal methods. That these are tribal events that he teaches and uses. And at the very end of the event, the culmination is this point where participants need to step between earth and heaven. And only gay men can do that. And that's because in his tribe, only gay men or women, excuse me, can take that role on. And if you look cross-culturally cross at indigenous cultures again and again and again and again, you find that the people who do the funerals and who do the weddings are the people who are what they call two-spirit And the reason, again and again, is that somehow their ability to be in the male and the female world, for whatever the reason that 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 you know, so many LGBT people have that capacity, uh, makes them closer to the sacred and more able to do that. Now, it doesn't make them better people in any way, shape, or form, but it's just a particular attribute that we've been shamed for that actually has tremendous gifts in it, and why that's so. I just don't know. But I can see how in world evolution, it matches the movement toward gender fluidity and gender freedom that that cultures all around the world uh, long for.
1: That's a great story. And what was the guy's name um,
2: in the African? Maladoma Somayi. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a, a, like I said a big topic but an interesting one and and uh one that there probably isn't a simple answer for but certainly exp- exploring that cross-culturally, bio- biologically, um is interesting and if anything heterosexuals can learn from that. You know, we don't have to know exactly why it's occurring, but I remember one time we were out and there was a gay guy and it was probably the only one in the bar and and uh he was just dancing super flamboyantly and and just having a great time and it seemed like there was just something that was just allowing him and other people were dancing but it, he was dancing more freely and and it's a beautiful thing and, and they don't you don't have to be gay to do that obviously but no, you don't. It, That's it seems right. like that it, might it, it more natural sometimes because of the acceptance mm. within mm-hmm. the community but it's a beautiful thing to watch like i'm sarah was like man that guy is having a good time and i was like yeah you know like <laughs> i want to good for him i want to like feel that that sense of uh freedom of just not caring you know who is who is watching or how you look and he seemed to be embodying that so if anything we can learn from that and and uh and become more authentically ourselves.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And that's a great story. And I guess that is just so true, is that we really all need each other. We really need each other to become full human beings.
1: Well, Ken, uh, this is great. And we could just go on and on. We'll have to
0: have you back again. Yeah. (laughs)
2: and, I'd love to. And we
1: appreciate you you sharing all this great information. So why don't we finish up by having you tell the listeners where they can find you online, tell them about your podcast, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Sure, I'd be glad to. So you can just go to deeperdating.com. And you'll find out lots of information about me. If you want to find out about my podcast, which is just starting, which I describe as a wisdom-filled research-backed toolkit for anybody seeking authentic love. Uh, It's for people who are single and looking for relationships, as well as for people that just want to deepen the relationships they have. Although the focus is mainly for people who are looking for a really wonderful, healthy relationship. Um, and you can also get my book, which is called Deeper Dating, How to Drop the Games of Seduction and Discover the Power of Intimacy. And my podcast is at deeperdatingpodcast.com.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll link to your website and your podcast uh, in the show notes page, as well as all the other resources and exercises we talked about today in in the episode. And uh, we appreciate you so much for coming on the show and we wish you the best of luck with your podcast. We're really looking forward to listening to it as well.
2: Oh, thank you so much. It was just a, a delight to get to speak with you both. Thank you.
0: Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14-day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other if you have questions or just need some relationship advice. slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week
2: you were listening to a pleasure
1: podcast